Guys, welcome back to the NRL Don podcast. This one is a different one for you. I've got the head honcho of Draft Supercoach. So we've spoken to some degenerates like Natty from the Rubdown. We've spoken to the Whisperer. We've spoken to Supercoach 365 and Guru and everyone. But we went behind the curtain on this one, the man from Oz, Wilson Smith. I got him involved to tell me a little bit about how his mind ticks because he's the one kind of leading the charge, making some changes. He's the guy that runs the damn thing over at the Daily Telegraph. So it's a super interesting one to like pick his brain to see how he sets up his leagues and stuff like that. Um, Super interesting. But before we get into that, big shout out to What's Your Team, the NRL merchandise shop, uh, the best NRL merchandise shop in the world, as far as I'm concerned, and as far as any Donny with half a brain should be concerned. We're giving away a free stubby cooler for Hot Take of the Week. Boys, how exciting. The first one, obviously, I've I've shipped out some Don stubby coolers, but I'm no NRL official merchandise, am I? What's Your Team's got to sort it out. Lads, you came thick and fast when you heard free shit was up for grabs, didn't you? There is got to be 50-odd hot takes in here. Let's run through a couple that I think are contenders, but there's one that just stands out to me. First of all, NRL meme page, Bulldogs winning the premiership. Brother, that hot take is very, very steamy, but it's, it doesn't have enough bite for me. And uh, the, it's in the name, aren't you, brother? More, more more changes of display picture on Instagram than I have of name changes on Instagram. Old NRL meme page. Days were covered by, though. We have Pakes to take over Turpin at 9 by a different league podcast. I, I don't hate that. That That's a good one, too. Um, had Nashi saying Parago on a hard run. Dillbags and Maddo average 145 together for the season. I love this. I've been talking about people. Well, that's what I do. I've been talking to people about the Parramatta Eels and how I just am I'm starting to get this vibe. They could kind of be anything if they want to be. I'm not saying they're as talented as the Roosters or Penrith or anything like that, but they did take that bloody semi-final pretty close to the death against Penrith last year. If everything clicks for Para and they've still got their guns like Reed Marnie, if Papali'i finds that next gear that he found last year again, why can't Parramatta be anything? I think if you're talking a 145 average together, Dillbags and Maddo, yeah, I don't hate that. What's that, a 72.5 average each? Probably not. My math is always wrong, but yeah, I reckon I could buy that. And that is why Nashi number eight is the hot take of the week, the inaugural hot take of the week. Boys, you, you came thick and fast with me. There was a lot of good ones in here, but Nashi8, get in contact with me, brother. You, you've you won the first ever What's Your le- What's your Team hot take of the week. Anyway, boys, I've dribbled enough. Let's get into the podcast with Wilson Smith, and um, I'll talk to you guys on Friday when I've got two of the biggest degenerates in the world, Wooker and Natty. We're talking about some bets we're putting on pre-magic round. You're not going to want to miss it, but here's Wilson Smith. Hello, welcome back to the NRL Don podcast. I got a big one for you guys today. We're getting in and amongst the the gears of the system that we all play today. <laughs> Wilson Smith, how you doing, man? Good, man. It's uh, it's great to be here, and uh, I've been thoroughly enjoying the um, 
the trial matches so far, and I am very excited for the season to finally get underway. I, I bet you've been excited. You were watching uh, Manly last night. I, I, I presume put a put a bit of a masterclass on a Tiger side. Yeah, I, honestly, I didn't really care about the result. I just wanted to see the boys get a, a decent uh, run in and no injuries. Yeah, and I was very happy with what I saw. Um, pretty much our whole first grade, all like starting. 17 got almost the first half in yep. and looked good, uh, looked fit, and uh, didn't see any injuries. And Tommy Turbo set up uh, a try right on half time. That was very, very impressive. Yeah, I think Burbo probably got, I, I think I tweeted, Burbo just has somehow got into more than 100% of teams on Classic. <laughs> <laughs> I would still be pretty surprised if he gets uh, the starting center spot, but. He looked all right there. Uh, defensively, a little bit shaky, but um, um, had some good final passes. No, I've, I've got a bit of a, a Burbo story. Like, I, I, whenever I see his name now, I just shudder because last year when he got his, I think it was his debut against the Knights, and he's come on with three minutes left in the game. I had Clemo in my draft comp, and I really needed the win for whatever reason. And it was, I think, I believe it was the Sunday before Origin. And um, Clemmer, for whatever reason, after full time, gets sent off after putting a high shot on um, on Burbo. So now every time I hear Burbo's name, I just shudder because that, that, that send-off uh, lost me that matchup. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, mate, there's probably people out there that had Burbo and Clemmer as well, <laughs> which is just double whammy. Well, we're going to jump in because there has been a few changes this year. You jumped on with the Rubber Boys um, and gave a masterclass on everything and what's what. So if you haven't heard that, I'd say go listen to that. But we'll, we'll, we'll glaze over that before diving into your draft strategy because I think this time of year, a lot of people are looking at like, how should I be doing this? They're hitting up in the DMs. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? I'm like, well, let's go behind the looking glass here because if anyone's going to know, it's going to be Wilson from the Daily Telly because he runs this thing. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've come to the right man. <laughs> All righty. So we'll, we'll get into it. What, what was your favorite change that you brought in this year? So we've had a number of um, changes uh, that obviously we've covered quite a bit this preseason. <laughs> but uh, I think the biggest thing that and something that I've been pushing for for a long time was the um, introduction of mock drafts. Yep. Uh, which I think has been an absolute game changer. Uh, I've already done a few mock drafts myself. And I, I mean, like, I'm sure you've done some in the past yep. where, you know, you had to set up a whole fake league. Yep, yep. Basically just to um, to get a mock draft going. Um, sometimes you'd have randoms um, or whatever, and it would take up one of your league slots. And yep. now we've gotten rid of that. Um, you just join, like, temporary... Um, draft rooms with um, bots or you can get other people in mm. um, which I think has been uh, just an absolute game changer in terms of your prep um, well, even it's still not perfect so, it, it, it's still not perfect and like the, the bots do still make some questionable picks um, <laughs> hey but who doesn't but, yeah exactly exactly uh, but yeah I think um, in, just in terms of prep it's been an absolute game changer the other thing is um, forgive me if I'm wrong, but those mock drafts, have they been affecting the ADP scores next to people on Supercoach? Uh, I actually am not 100%. Um, I I'm, I believe the the bots do follow the ADPs, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not 100% sure if the mock drafts have been affecting ADPs. Well, 
either or the ADPs have been changing slightly and it's good to see people getting in and like that that information is so handy for me because um, not only does it make me uh, think that I've going down the right path with a player, but you also look and see where people are maybe overvaluing players and you can get someone a bit cheaper that you are interested in. So I love that ADP feature on there. Yeah, 100%. Definitely makes it easier to spot some sleepers. Mm. And yeah, like you said, some players who uh, are definitely going too early. And so you can sort of work around that and be like, oh, okay, well, I was sort of thinking I might be able to get this player from drafting at this spot, Mm. but they're going at this at this point in most drafts, so I'm probably not going to be able to get them. So you can work your plans around that. Yeah. Exactly. And it makes it a lot easier to get ready for your draft. Well, we've brought in a few different changes. With the, I love the ability to be able to change uh, a player's position, add dual position status to them or add... Will it be a, tr- a third or whatever it is? We're able to move people around uh, the league as, um, as the season goes through. I think that's an amazing change. Um Especially, I bet uh, being at the Daily Telly offices the day that uh, Matt Burton didn't get centre wing would have just been a dream. DMs would have been very uh, constructive <laughs> and helpful. I uh, definitely didn't help uh, help anything in that in that way. But um, as I've come around, it makes sense to me. But I'm sure uh, dual position has always been a massive thing for people because everybody's got their own theory that they've cooked up and says that's actually how they do it. It's like, have you spoken to anyone from anywhere? <laughs> I can definitely say there's no one sort of system we have. Like it's no, no, no. Uh, that's very, not true. My very, hairdresser very told me if you play four <laughs> games and and you and you train well on the Monday, that's when you get it. Yeah, hundred percent. That's that's the one. Well, obviously, you can't get everything done in a preseason. What what? What's down the pipeline for you in, in, a, in a tin pot fantasy world? What what change would you like to see get brought into draft? Um, okay, honestly, I have quite a long wish list. <laughs> um, but for me, um, the the biggest thing is just create like giving uh, leagues and commissioners just the most amount of flexibility possible mm. um, is is what I would ideally like to have happen. So. Um, just giving commissioners more, um, basically more flexibility with setting up your league, yep. more control, more more powers in terms of like, uh, for example, like reversing or vetoing um, trades or waivers or um, like I, I know I've been in uh, leagues before where players might accidentally drop like an absolute gun, which just creates carnage in the league yep. and um, commissioners... Uh, like in in like an NFL fantasy, for example, might be able to um, jump in and force someone back onto someone's yep. team. Just just you know, just little things like that that just give just more flexibility for the league is is the ultimate goal. I think what's awesome too, uh, another change that you guys brought in is like being able to change. Because I saw you guys being like, oh, you can customize your rosters, and I was like, oh yeah, radio. And then I got in, I was like, oh. You can you can literally make it whatever you want. And I mm-hmm. saw these these guys messaged me. Uh, someone was asking me for advice on fullbacks, and they said I'm in a two fullback league. And I'm like, wow, just like a two QB league in NFL fantasy. Like that's what I play when I play NFL fantasy. Is normally like mm-hmm. a flex spot. That, I mean, that's what I'd be gunning for for you guys. Is if we if we could get a flex spot, that'd be awesome. But um, 
a, t- a two QB league is normally what I do. So these these guys already jumped on. Like this was like three days after Supercoach opened. They're like, oh, we're doing a two fullback league this year. And I was like, wow, that's actually I like that a lot. So um, being able to move stuff around like that, I think, has been pretty helpful. Like even for my league, we've we, we've added seven bench spots for my home league. This is seven bench spots and the thirteen on the field. Uh, the seven because it's going to be a keeper league this year, but also because COVID, we we needed more than the four spots we're, we're assuming. And so being able to just add that flexibility was super easy because in the offseason, we're like, all right, guys, we're going to to get seven on the bench. We're going to have to drop to 10 on the field. And that was the plan going in. And then you guys came along like, no, nah, you can just go do whatever you want. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think because of COVID and a lot of uncertainty this year, just about uh, you know, teams might just have a, a massive uh, outbreak and multiple players will drop out at the last second. So I think that was the main reason yep. um, why we wanted um, just to have more customization like that, just mostly in terms of bench spots. Because I, I think I think the general sort of like, I, I, I do like the one, uh, the two fullback league as well. Yeah. Uh, but I think generally, like most people have pretty standard settings yep. and, um, it's mostly um, the bench that I think people will yeah. take advantage of the flexibility. But yeah, uh, an absolute um, massive inclusion um, this year, I think. And um, so people have sent me in some pretty funny um, team layouts. <laughs> um, you can even, someone sent me in like a 52 man um, <laughs> thing as, as a massive joke or 53. And it was just like, look, you can have NFL teams in your, in your NRL um, drafts, which is really funny. <laughs> well, all this aside, all the back-end uh, stuff aside, let's get into how, how the brain ticks for the self-proclaimed draft expert, um, the man the man behind the mirror, uh, or what is it, the man, the man from Oz, the big man behind everything. <laughs> These are the burning questions that I've come to heads and toes with blokes like the rubbers about, with, with blokes in my league about. We'll rip it off. Are you a captain's or no captain's guy? So I used to be an absolute captain's truther yep. just because I thought it add, added a lot um, more fun to the game. But in the last couple of years, especially with the emergence last year of um, Tommy Turbo and Nathan Cleary just absolutely breaking Supercoach records, yep. I think uh, <laughs> I think you just have to be no captains yep. now. Um, I... I I think in all my leagues last year, I only had one with captains and that was like a beginner's league that I was getting started with some of my Sydney mates. Yep. Um, and so I think it was good to have captains in that league to get them into the game, sort of ease them into it. But we've switched to no captains this year um, just because it's a second year and I think they're, they're ready for it. Um, I think, first of all, I think no captains leagues are a lot more skill intensive. Um, mm. I think they, they take a lot of the... Um, luck sort of elements out of the game. Yep, yep. Um, and you have to be a lot more strategic because you can't you, you can't just guarantee that you're going to get um, 150 to 200 points from one player yep. every week. And I think so, Super Coach too. Like this is a a, a sport a, a fantasy sport where Dave Fafita can get 60 points in, in a play. So mm. the ability to double that, it's just like, it's, it's game breaking. And uh, I always look at things like this, like if Supercoach was to have never had captains, would they bring in captains now in 2022? And I just don't think you guys would. Like, it just wouldn't make sense to be like, okay, everything's going pretty well, but now you can double one guy's score each week. It just wouldn't make sense to be out for that to be the default in my opinion. So that's why I've always been no captains as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that sealed it for me last year was um, in one of my leagues, um, someone had the captaincy on Nathan Cleary the week he scored, what, 220 yeah. or, or whatever it was, the, the Supercoach record. Uh, and with the captaincy, it, it ended up being like uh, close to 500 points. Yeah. And Nathan Cleary alone almost outscored many entire teams yeah. in drafts. So for me, like that, that was an nail in the coffin. And I think you've just got to go no captains now captains is a lot more fun but i think um just for an even playing field and to really test the the, you know the the skills of everyone in the league i think no captains is the way to go yeah all right well what about your trades are you free for all commish approved or league approved um definitely not free for all i think that is just absolute chaos (laughs) um and you're bound to see some um, pretty etched trades every now and then. Um, I in most of my leagues this year, um, I'm either in a commissioner approved league or I am the commissioner. So yeah. um, I I find especially for like super competitive leagues where you just want to have trades approved as quickly as possible. Um, I think you just have to be in a commissioner league. Yep. Um, just because, uh, you know, otherwise you're in a league uh, league approved system um, where, you know, you'll make it, you, you can't really make trades mid round because yeah. you have to wait two days for it to be approved. So uh, I think for competitive leagues where you're trading a lot, I think you have to be um, commish or free for all. Um, but I just, I couldn't be in a free for all league. I love the um, free for all. I love the free for all. <laughs> in my home league, that's what I play. I'm, I'm coming up, stepping up a few weight classes. I'm obviously in the big league with you and all the boys this year. And I'm in a few different leagues with some other, uh, content creators and it's all it's all playing with bumpers everyone's too scared to get silver tongued and... <laughs> but there's nothing better because like i think my testament to the free-for-all is i've been burnt before i've been <laughs> so yep. it's happened to me and you, you just kind of take it in your stride because you know you can get someone back eventually we, we eventually brought in a rule for free-for-all trades because we got to a position where people were going tit for tat across the league not trying to win their games, trying to make other people lose theirs. Yeah. So we brought yeah. in a loan system where if you were going to trade a player, they had to be on the other team for at least two weeks. And that was the only mm-hmm. rule that we ever brought in for trades. So I was like, if, you, if you're going to ship someone over um, just for this week, well, you got to be prepared to live with them for two weeks. And the thing with footy fans is they don't normally think two weeks into the future. So when they're forced to, <laughs> they go, oh, yeah, I don't know if I could do that. It might not be worth it for me. So that, that's what we've done anyway. I totally, I, I, I totally understand that um, people don't want degenerates filling their league and that there needs to be some rule and order. But no, nah, in my home league, it's just... Just and, and like I, I play in a few different tens and twelves, but my home league's always been an eight man, and it's just free for all mongrel degenerates trying to go out for each other. So if someone <laughs> came in and said that they were king of the hill and they were going to be approved, it wouldn't go well for them, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think if you can guarantee that people aren't going to uh, like totally just rot the system, yeah. then free for all trades is fine. Uh, I've just been in leagues before where people have absolutely colluded yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and done some very etched trades and it's just turned me off it forever. Yep. All right. Well, I was just talking about my eight-man home league, which people scoff at because you look at Guru, he's drafting today, Saturday the 19th, and he's in a bloody 14-man, which I think is just insanity. Um, 
obviously I like to I consider ten to twelve to be the sweet spot uh, with your full rosters. What, what do you consider to be the sweet spot for a draft league? Yeah, I, I'm 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 the same. I, I think ten to twelve is ideal. Mm. Um, I'm also in a fourteen man league. Craziness, and mate. I can confirm it is absolutely crazy. Um, <clears throat> there's especially mid to late season. Um, there will be multiple positions where there is not a single player <laughs> that you can pick up in certain positions. Like I remember last year, um, towards the end of the year, uh, we had a halfback go down and uh, we went to check on waivers and there was literally no playable um, <laughs> halfbacks, which is just insane. Yep. Um, <clears throat> uh, but yeah, I think obviously 14 man is, is too many. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm in a 14 man dynasty right now. We're doing a slow draft right now. And I just, it doesn't feel like, because I've never been in a 14 before. And I've come out of it with a pack of Pangai Jr., Fisher Harris, Dave Fafita, Frizzell, Gerbo, with Gutho at the back. And I'm just like, I don't think this is, this isn't what I was expecting for a 14. So I don't think this is actually what it's really like normally. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's normally a bit more slim pickings than this. Yeah, I, I mean, last year in my 14 man league, I copped the 14th draft oh. spot as well, which is just absolute. Um, That's a death sentence. Absolutely terrible. Uh, but I somehow managed to get Angus Crichton with, and what? Ryan Madison with my first two picks, uh, which on paper at the time I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. How did these two guys fall to me? Yeah. Um, and ended up drafting a pretty decent squad. And then Ryan Madison went uh, down went, with all these injury woes. And, and and then I was like, oh, this, this might not be so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think... Um, I've I've been in some really low leagues before. Um, I've been in eight man leagues. I've been in six man leagues, and they're obviously like just Gunshots. way too few players. Um, yeah, you, you can you can have like an absolute gun get injured and just straight up drop him and pick up another absolute yeah. gun off wave. Yeah, which is just, six, just ridiculous. Sixty plus and, average players out there on a six on a six man for sure. Yeah, which is just like not how draft is supposed no. to be. Uh, so I think um I think ten to twelve is um. Yeah is the way to go. 10 is probably optimal. 12, I think, um, if for a highly skilled league, um, I think 12 is um, the way to go. I think if you are going to stick with an 8, add some more bench spots to dry up that waivers a bit. Because I think we mm. worked out with the extra with the extra bench spots in our 8-man this year, it was like a standard 10-man. So it kind of dries up the waivers a little bit more. But, um, but yeah, 10 is probably the way to go. 10 to 12 anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, do you have the amount of drafts that you were in? Any draft day rituals, things that have to happen for you to have a good draft? Um, I didn't used to, but in the last couple of years, uh, since I've seen the movie Draft Day yep, yep, yep. Uh, with Kevin Costner, I always watch Draft Day on my draft days now. You got to. Uh, I want all my picks just, back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it absolutely hypes me up um, right before the draft. Um, just the scene where, like, towards the end, where it all comes together, yep. I'm just like, yes. Yep. I, I was watching. Uh, I was watching that in the off season because obviously for me, draft never sleeps. We trade our draft picks all year, so I'm always in the off season shooting messages out there trying to get draft picks traded and rah rah rah. And um, I was at one of the me and my mates were over the other day, maybe a month ago. Still, still far enough away from draft for normal people to not be thinking about it. <laughs> and we watched draft day for whatever reason. 
and then all of a sudden the group chat starts buzzing. All right, boys, I got these picks and I'm trying to move these. And <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, so just getting getting hyped up way before you need to, and even Moneyball. If you're a guy like Moneyball mm. for um one of our guys in our league, he um who won the whole thing last year by trading away his future. He's he's watched Moneyball two or three times wow. this year to um <laughs> to get in the right <laughs> mindset of what he needs to do. Just get guys that get on base, pretty much. <laughs> Oh my god! Just trading like all your good players yeah. and just getting getting picks and doing guys getting guys to do their yeah. jobs. Yeah, I mean the the idea for him has been thrown out. He's like, Nikki, should you just kind of draft like the biggest names that you possibly can and flip them minutes after the draft <laughs> for next year? I think he picks he and then he the uh, as uh, we do um a, a draft lottery, um eight eighth place gets eight ping pong balls, first place gets one. Based on the minor premiership, I somehow I won the minor premiership last year. Still got first overall pick. That's just how life works sometimes. But uh, Nick, you came second. He's gone eighth overall, and he picks eight nine, and then not again until thirty. Um, so oh, no. so, and then after that, I think we worked out after all the trades I did last year. Once I realised I was done, I was in the semis, and all my players were out injured, and I was trying to flick off what I could. I picked something like 60 times, six times in the first three rounds, and Nick picked six times in the first 10. So, um, yeah, levels. <laughs> but he's got a championship, so what are you going to do? Is that something that you yeah. can see coming in eventually is trading draft picks in the app? I guess it'd be a bit sticky. We do it all on this big spreadsheet, but yeah. Yeah, that's definitely something on the, um, on the wish list, uh, and uh, as well as something like, um, auction drafts is Ooh. definitely something I'd be I'd be keen to bring in. Yep. Um, just because at the moment we've only got um, you know limited settings, so I think um, it'd be great to just have more ways to play. And uh, you know, it's draft. Yep. Like the the draft is the big part of the yep. season. Yep. So I think having more options and different ways to do the draft is uh, would be really fun. I like that. Um, okay, this is one I always say. That sp- people that pick their spine are spineless. How do you feel about this? <laughs> um, in, in the past, I think um, getting your spine uh, with your early picks was the way to go. Yep. Um, I've definitely shifted on that uh, a little bit in the last couple of years, mostly just because of uh, the, the depth that a lot of spine positions has become yep. a lot better in the last couple of years, um, fullback, especially, uh, I think for draft leagues, there is more than 10 yep. really playable fullbacks. Um, obviously like you've got guns that, um, can win you titles, yeah. uh, at, at that position. But I think it's, it's definitely one spot where you can afford to wait. Um, halfback as well. I think, um, in, in a 10 man league, I think uh, there's like eight halfbacks who I would be more than happy to yeah, have. So I know that my halves afford... are often one of the last positions picked on the field for me. Because if I'm I'm only expecting a 55 each week from my halves normally, unless their name's Nathan Cleary or Cody Walker. So whoever's name mm-hmm. is in there, it is what it is for me. Yeah. So I, I, like early rounds of the draft, I'd be just taking the best guy you can. Yep. But if one of the best guys happens to be someone like. Harry Grant, yeah, yeah, uh, or Cody Walker. Then, by all means, take them. Um, especially Cody Walker, because I think five eight depth is pretty dire this year. Um, Hooker, it, Hooker um, is slightly better than it is on most years, but still pretty 
um, pretty skinny, mm-hmm. uh, but five eighth is absolutely dire. I people ask me like, what, what what round should you pick a halfback? What round should you? And I was like, don't take positions off the board. Take players off the board. It doesn't because mm. the guys at Supercoach haven't said that center wing tries are worth twenty points more than a front row try. So whatever it is, take the guy off the field, not the position. That, that's how I look at it anyway. Yeah, hundred percent. That's that's a good philosophy. Well, that that kind of mutes the next two questions that I had, which is what's the first position you try and fill and the last position you try and fill. Um, it's just kind of is what it is, right? Yeah, I mean, it depends on where, uh, like, a bunch of factors, like where you're drafting and what happens uh, on on the draft. I think if you're going into the draft with a set plan of which positions you're going to take, you're doing it all wrong. Yep. You've got to you've got to be flexible as the draft goes on because people are going to get snaked right before you. So you've got to have backup plans and be flexible. But generally, I think early rounds, you want to be taking just the best guys you can. Yep. Um, before, before sort of like the sixth round, uh, you want to have at least two of your spine spots filled, I think. Uh, but uh, for me, uh, I definitely don't value center wings enough. So yeah, right. I, I usually try and get one gun center wing and then leave the next three pretty late. Yep. Uh, but uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing because center wing, it's also the position with the most depth and the most sleepers, I think. So, yeah, I think it um, definitely. And like uh, when I was doing some research a few months ago, I was looking at David Nofaluma and kind of how he's fallen mm. a bit. And I, I think there was something like 38 players that are averaging between 50 and 60 in the center wings. And it's like, well, the, and even those scores are, are pretty much all inflated because a lot of these center wings are getting their points up there, averages up there from a big game where they've scored a couple tries. So uh, that's like the most, uh, the, out of every position on the field, that is the most matchup dependent position for me, the center wing. So if you can get guys like Toto and Garrick, it's like, yeah, well, more power to you. Or like if you can throw an Aitken back there or someone that doesn't actually play center wing. But if you're actually picking mm. like, genuine center wings especially if they're on the wing that's a matchup dependent pick for me yeah totally um which is why i think i don't value them as much just because um they are the most sort of uh rocks and diamonds position generally because there's only a few there's only a few center wings that are straight up uh, matchup proof and can bust out 60 without even scoring a try um and, and those are the kinds of guys that uh for me, go too early in the draft for where I'm willing to take them. I hear you. Like, it, if it comes down to um, drafting um, someone like Brian Toto or um, um, or like Cameron Murray, yeah, you for example, Brazil. who are you going to take? You're going to take Cameron Murray. Well, actually, jeez, uh, that's a tough one. For, or for, for me, anyway, yeah. I'd be taking Cameron Murray in that situation just because... Um, for for where you've got to take a, a gun center wing, I, I just think there's there's better, more reliable options. Yeah. Even though Brian Toll is an absolute gun. Yeah. Well, is speaking about guns and people that might might not be who 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 is a guy that you think the majority of super coaches are sleeping on right now? Um, I I think there's. Uh, I've got a whole list of, <laughs> of players that I think everyone is uh, who, if you, being if heavily slept on. We are on, in a league together, so to... if you just want to flick me through that list, I'll go over it. <laughs> I'll be publishing it sometime <laughs> next week on the Daily Telegraph, mate. Don't you worry. Um, but for me, if I had to pick one player who I think everyone is overlooking, um, 
it's got to be Jason Tomalolo. Um, I think he had a bad year last year, but, he, but his average was still, uh, from memory, around 56, which is still decent. But it, you were drafting him in the first or second round yeah. and being very disappointed. Um, so his draft stock has absolutely plummeted. Uh, and there's still like question marks about where he's actually going to play. Yeah. Um, if he plays front row, I'm kind of uh, not on him as much just because well, he... The reason was... I'd be on him is if you guys slip him into a front row duel eventually. So if he's playing front row and now with these new rules, he could maybe get that eligibility. Hey, that's interesting because if he's getting 55 yeah. to 60 points and he's in front row, well, that's fine by me. Yeah, I, I mean, see, that's the thing. He's got only the two RF for now, but if the season comes around, because we, I mean, realistically, we don't know where they're yeah. going to plan, but if the season comes around and he is playing uh, front row every week, he's going to get the jewel. So um, as the season goes on, he might pick up a, uh, an extra position. And I, I think for what we know he can do and how far down he's plummeted, I just think he is looking like potentially one of the best uh, value picks that you might be able to get this draft. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, on the other end of the spectrum, who are people overhyping? Um, for me, the most overhyped player heading into this preseason is Nico Hines. Oh, um, them's fighting words, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, obviously, um, he, he looks good in the um, Indigenous All-Stars game. Um, I think he only had maybe two try assists, but um, his kicking game looks pretty good. Um, but for me... Um, I think a lot of people are looking at his last year's numbers and uh, are drafting him expecting the same thing. Yep. And I think if you're drafting him looking at last year's numbers, I just think you're going to be very disappointed <laughs> um, because he's not playing fullback for Storm anymore. He's going to be playing in the halves for Sharks, which is yep. very different setup. Yep. Um, what did he average last year? Um, like, got the numbers in front of me. Just give me a sec. Seventy nine point two three points a game. Tasty, I don't think he's going to average. I don't think he's like. I'd be pretty shocked if he averaged even close to that at the Sharks. Um, I think sixty an average of sixty five is a lot more realistic. Yeah. Um, which I mean, if you try, oh, I just realised I'm looking at Pappenhausen's numbers. Um. Seventy eight average last year for Nico. I think the thing with Nico that people are like listening to idiots like me and Natty about him is. The fact he's like a pass-first guy and he's now in a pass-first position anyway. But, um, mm. yeah, it goes without saying that the Sharkies aren't exactly the storm. <laughs> even if even if people like me are banging on about Will Kennedy's Dally M chances, um, I don't think... <laughs> I don't think that uh, Nico's going to be up there at 78 points a game. Hey, if you're one of these spineless spine players, though, <laughs> worse options out there. Uh, I, what I will say about Nico Hines is he has probably one of the best dual um, position statuses of any player in the game at the moment. Though. Talking about handy at origin. Jesus. Is insanely underrated. Yeah. Well, just one last question before I let you go, because we're about to wrap it. Mm-hmm. I just, just because people have asked me, and I know you've said this a million times, but just for people that listen to my podcast solely, I don't know who they are, but they are out right there. Um, the dual position is. Is it possible to get three, like if someone's already dual, or would they get a third one put on, or would they lose a dual position? Um, I actually, I'm not going to lie, I don't know if having three positions is possible. Right. Um, the way I understood it is, um, 
No one's going to lose a position this year. Okay. Um, if if someone gets a position, uh, the, it's theirs for... Uh, they're going to have it for the rest of the year. So uh, it's safe um, to draft with the expectation that if someone's jewel, that is their, that's going to be their jewel for the next 12 months. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No one's going to lose a position. Uh, the only changes we might make is if... Like like we were saying before with Jason Tomalolo, yep. um, he's just two RF now. If he's playing front row, he's probably going to pick that up as the season goes on. I think we review in rounds six, twelve, and eighteen. Yep. Um, so if he plays the first five rounds in front row, come round six, he's going to be FRF two RF jewel, and Tasty. his position won't change for the rest of the year after that. Okay, I like that. I like it a lot. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Let the people know where they can find you. Yeah, you can uh, see me on all the. Um, Daily Telegraph and Supercoach NRL channels mm-hmm. or you can find me on Twitter Wilson Smith and uh, yeah thanks for having me on it's been an absolute pleasure and just remember if you lose to Teddy this year and you're swearing that he's getting uh, unicorn points it is at Wilson underscore Smith 93 uh... <laughs> <laughs> yes please please do complain to me <laughs> because you have all the power to change it I bet <laughs> Yeah, I'm totally rigging it. (laughs) Thank you, my man. I'll see you guys all uh, Friday.